This is often a hard gospel, challenging gospel to understand. I'll, I'll try to zero in on a, a central message that we need to take away from it, and then maybe highlight a couple little details if that's helpful. Um, but the loudest message is at the end. Are you envious because I am generous? And I think we want to sit on that for a while because we are all often tempted to compare ourselves with others and to compare what God does for others with what God seems to be doing for me or not doing for me. And it's so often easy for us to say, wait, but I did all these things and look at so-and-so with their mystical experiences or look at so-and-so with the recognition they get for all that they do. Look at so-and-so and what about me? And that kind of comparison, our Lord's like, it was never between you and them. It was always between you and me. And we needed to get stuck on that, focus on that, and not let the devil shift our gaze to so-and-so next to me or whatever else I'm hearing. Only God sees the heart. And quite practically, I almost picture maybe a literal experience of this is um, St. Paul, who didn't come at the very beginning of the story of Jesus, right? Jesus called Peter, James, John, had three years with them, and they worked hard and, and endured you know, the, the persecutions, whatever, at first with the Lord, and then he ascended, and then he calls this guy Saul of Tarsus, this persecutor who watched Stephen be executed and did nothing but approve of it. And then St. Paul would say, but I have labored harder than all the rest at this point. I came in the last hour, but I really did my part to make up for the time lost. So this is a simple image for us to think about. Only God sees the heart. But at the end, God is free to do what he wants. And his justice is not like our justice. His fairness is not like our fairness. So we want to be open to applaud the growth or blessings upon others, even if we don't necessarily feel like we're getting the same or a fair amount to ourselves. God will give us what is our due and we put our trust in that. The other thing I wanted to say is that this, this idea for each of us is um, the kingdom of heaven is like God inviting us out of the marketplace. He comes to the marketplace over and over again. He comes to the marketplace to call the first group at 6 a.m., the next group at 9 a.m., then again at noon. He comes to the marketplace, which is me caught up in my worldly affairs. At one point you hear Jesus say, stop making my father's house a marketplace. In other words, stop filling the, the house of God with worldly stuff and money and profit and cheating and, and sinfulness. Like That's the marketplace. So we are called out of that marketplace. And the reflection is, where is each one of us? Where are you? Where am I? In that day-long time period. Did God reach me when I was young? Did God reach me when I was older? Has God not reached me yet? And I'm just kind of here in the pews, but just kind of waiting. Like, I don't know what God wants me to do, and I don't really feel like I want to give much back to Him yet. I'm struggling. I'm on the fence. I'm watching other people go forward from the marketplace into His vineyard, and I'm like, I don't want to go yet. I'll wait till the next invitation. Or am I late in life? And thank God He caught me before my time ran out. And I'm beginning to surrender more to Him and leave my worldly anxieties and other things and enter more into the work for His kingdom. And the fact that entering and surrendering to him and entering into his kingdom, the first part of the kingdom is, has to do with laboring, and laboring in the, in the toil and the heat. It's not like once you choose God, everything's easy. Once you surrender to him, everything goes well. That bringing the gospel message into the world of today should be simple, and everyone accepts it and loves it and, and rejoices with you for it. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's a lot of labor and sweat and rejection. We can get discouraged. We can look back from the vineyard to the marketplace and say, I want to go back. It's like the Israelites in Egypt, in the desert, right? Let's go back to Egypt. This desert stuff stinks. Now, sometimes the kingdom of heaven on this side of death is, is work. It's hard. 
I'm working against, against myself half the time. My brokenness still wants to be broken. And I'm like, I'm trying so hard, but I'm failing. And I'm back to confession again. The laboring is part of the kingdom. The laboring in the vineyard, don't get discouraged because of the labors, the heat, the sweat, the toil. And then there's that heavenly moment of God seeing everything. God who knew my heart rewards according to what he knew. Rewards according to what was true. And whether I came early or late, or if I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm a hopeless cause, I was so late in the game, God would never give me. You might be surprised how God gives to you. It's going to be disproportionate. One way or the other, it's going to be disproportionate to your expectations. Hopefully our expectations, we're working hard, we realize we could do so much more, so our expectations might be on the low end, and we might be surprised when He gives an overabundance of gifts and heavenly joy. Even tastes of it in this life. Anyway, if that's helpful, we just ask the Holy Spirit to help us realize our calling. Where am I? Lord, did you reach me when I was younger? And I'm so grateful for that. Help me to renew my energies now. Push harder now, wherever I am in my race. Or Lord, if, if I'm still on the fence, if I'm still in the marketplace and torn when you invite me to leave and come to your vineyard, Lord, give me the grace to let go, leave the marketplace, and surrender entirely all my energies and talents into the labors of your vineyard. Or Lord, if, if I'm just totally in limbo and don't know anything, Lord, just get my attention, please. Get my attention and help me turn to you. Amen? Amen. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph.